0: Welcome to CSU Stories, the podcast where we tell the stories of the unique work of people in regional New South Wales and beyond. From Hollywood careers to amphibian specialists, we talk with CSU staff, students, alumni and members of our communities to share how our regions are shaping Australia and the world. With the Honorable Fiona Nash today Charles Sturt University's strategic advisor for regional development but probably better known as a former Australian senator and deputy leader of the National Party of Australia. Fiona was also a federal minister in a range of portfolios including regional development and rural health. Fiona thanks for speaking with me today. My pleasure Jess. Wonderful now Fiona you worked and I would say tirelessly on behalf of the regions in your career both as a politician and I think now as a private citizen too Did you grow up in the regions or did you come to the regions a bit later in life?
1: No, I didn't, Jess. I was a a late going to the regions person. I spent 16 years, my first 16 years, actually growing up in Sydney. Um, But I had, uh, as as many city people often do, I had sort of relatives with a farm out in the country and from being a tiny, tiny little tot, I can just always remember wanting to get out of the city and, and it just didn't ever change. So over time, I got further and further away from the coast and uh, eventually ended up out in the regions, which is just fantastic.
0: Oh, amazing. And You couldn't get much more different from Sydney than going to the regions, a little bit like myself. Have you found that, I guess, the benefits of living in the regions are quite different to the benefits of living in Sydney? Are there things that you particularly love about living out here? Oh, absolutely. And I think I was never
1: a city person. I always oh, really? just wanted to, to get out of the city. I think sometimes it's just uh, in, in your blood or something, I don't, I don't know, but there are Things out in in the regions that are totally different that I just love. One of the things, just I think is just the sense of community. And mm-hmm. if you haven't lived out in a regional community, you probably wouldn't understand what I'm saying. And if you do, you you will understand what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. And it's really special, just that that collective sense of community, people look out for each other they care about each other, you know they say hello when you pass somebody in the street which freaks people out in Sydney Um, (laughs) so that's really lovely and the fact that it's a beautiful place to bring up children, they've got They've got the freedom. Children really get to have a childhood, I think, out in out in the regions, where often these days in the cities, in the in the craziness and the chaos, they don't. Mm-hmm. And there's real opportunity just to get out in in the regions and and have a real go at things. And it, it's yeah. very exciting, very exciting. And I just I just love it. Every time I go to the city, I just can't wait to get back out to the bush. It's
0: great. I know. I think I feel the same way. But coming from I've. You know i've been in brisbane to sydney to london and there's that real anonymity feeling when you're in the city versus when you come to a regional community and you know Bathurst is not particularly small and Wagga is not particularly small but there is that real sense of care factor from the people that you meet and that has been quite different to a city experience and that's something that probably you wouldn't think about if you had never lived here or been out here it's all those just little things of people knowing your name and you know people being able to help when you need help and all that sort of stuff
1: it's so true it's so true somebody said to me a while ago the difference between the city and a regional community is in the regional community you know you go to the bakery and forget your wallet and somebody says don't worry pay me tomorrow and you lose your dog and someone brings it back you get a flat tire somebody
0: stops to help you change it all of those sort of things that's exactly what it is i mean when you moved to the regions and you said you were sort of 16, 17. Is that because you came to Mitchell College, which is former Charles Sturt?
1: No, there was a bit of a step in between there. So I moved out to, my family moved out to uh, just out of Sydney, sort of just semi-rural out to Camden. And I was out there for a few years, finished my last year of high school out there then uh, had a year off after school, went polo grooming up on the Queensland border for quite a few months which was oh, wow. fabulous, fabulous fun, <laughs> really good <laughs> <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> still look back on that as one of the most fun times of my life um, and then went to Mitchell College. I actually started at Sydney Uni mm. and um, I wanted to have a year off after school and my mother said to me, look, start start Uni if you don't like it, you can stop. Mm. So so th- at that stage I was still living in Sydney and and about six weeks into Sydney Uni which I absolutely hated. I remember oh. Sydney show was on and uh, and I was en route to uni and I thought well I can go to uni or I can head out to the showgrounds, and <laughs> I thought Well mum did say I can stop if I wanted to so off <laughs> to the showgrounds I went, never went back, then went off polo grooming and went to Mitchell College the following year and absolutely loved it. loved being at Bathurst, loved my time at Mitchell. It was, it was fantastic. Is
0: there's a world of difference between your traditional sandstone uni and um, Charles Sturt University I think and just not just the environment but as they say the people and, and even just the level of support and the fun and, and closeness that you, I think, build with the people that you live on res with and all that sort of thing. And so I guess once you're out here in Mitchell College studying, your rural life was really taking off at that point.
1: Well, it was. And uh, I think I spent my time out there, because it was rural, because it was, you know, not Sydney, that was part of the reason I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. And and it was the start, really, I suppose, the continuation of getting more and more more and more rural, and when I was out there, it just really struck me how much I just loved it. The further away from the city, the better. People are different, and, and it was all such, such a wonderful, wonderful place to be. It was terrific. And interesting, the point you make about the, the sandstones as well, and I often say metropolitan universities aren't better than regional universities. They're just different. Different, They're yeah. just different, and regional universities have so much to offer that the city universities don't, and of course this is the best <laughs> Not to say that. Um, but I genuinely believe it, having been a having been a graduate, I sort of feel like i 've done a giant full circle now i 've sort of stuck, gone through mitchell college graduated had all of his life, and now come back to, to come back to the university it 's
0: great. That's right. Well, and we've talked too about that, a bit of a notion around that where, you know, often our Charles Sturt graduates, you know, they come here and they get a great education, a wonderful time, and they go off and they do wonderful things out in the community all over Australia and globally, and then there's a bit of a trickle-back effect where You know, people come back and come and settle in the regions, and it's almost a new generation of people coming to develop the country areas out here, which is also really exciting.
1: Yeah, that is so true, and it's wonderful to watch how many of our students that graduate at Charles Sturt end up going on to practice a professional, go and work out out in the bush, out in the regions, and Mm. it's one of the things we do really, really well.
0: Well, I want to move a bit to your career now working for the regions. I was having a bit of a squeeze at your first speech in 2005 in Parliament and what really struck me was how even back then you said your role was to be a champion for the bush and that you really wanted to expose and work on you know, that divide between city and country and all of those different issues that affect you know, the country in different ways. And I wanted to know how you felt about that now and do you think that that divide has it? Has it become better, do you think, over that time? Has it worsened? Are there still challenges? There are definitely still challenges. And when I
1: said in that speech, gosh, I haven't looked at that for a while, but when I
0: said in that speech <laughs> it's on the internet. You know,
1: about needing <laughs> needing champions, you know, that's mm. absolutely true. because Because the weight of numbers and population is in the cities, the voice... Of regional Australia has to be even louder so so that you get cut through so when those issues are there the regions do need champions to make change to make things happen and having sort of seen it from on the ground and then from from the perspective of being a politician it's still absolutely true there is still a gap there's, there's definitely still a divide between city and country And when I look back, sort of decades ago mm. in the city, so many people in the city, as I was saying earlier when we started, have a relative out in, out in the country somewhere that you know they go and spend holidays with Uncle Bobby and Auntie Mary. Well, they mm. used to. Now, not so much. So that kind of connect has has really dissipated over time and the ability to have that connect into into rural. So we've still got this divide which I think is shown and made even worse mm. um, by the media because we're often mm. you know, and quite rightly there's a lot of focus at the moment on drought. It's absolutely terrible where people are being affected by it. Mm. But what they're not talking about at the same time is the fantastic success stories and the opportunities And the positive outlook of people in regional Australia so you don't see that in the media so you're kind of getting this skewed view of what's really going on in regional Australia so I think that, that you know politicians and and community leaders have a real responsibility to get the the real story out there and again also to be those Champions. When they see something that needs to be done in the regions or something that needs to be changed or something that needs to be fought for, someone's got to do it because it won't
0: just happen by itself. No. And I suppose to. I mean, and it is interesting why the media does tend to report negative things about country living or the hard things, the challenging things like, you know, health issues and drought issues and all of that sort of thing. And those things do exist. I wonder if it's because there's that natural disconnect between people who live in the city who's, who are digesting that content and Perhaps over time as people want to know more about where their food comes from and want to know more about what's happening with our water and perhaps that will push the media a little bit to dig a little bit deeper around country life and, and rural and regional living.
1: I really, yeah,
0: I really hope
1: so. I, I worry. The cynic in me says Mm -hmm. that you know, media is often about the headline and sometimes the the worst situations they think are the best headlines. So they tend not to say, hey, here's this great thing happening out in regional communities, and you see it with politics as well. And they're they're not reporting, oh, here was this great policy idea that everybody agreed on that just went through (laughs) parliament, which actually happened.
0: Did that ever happen? (laughs) Yes, most of the
1: legislation that goes through is non-controversial, which nobody ever realised. (laughs) So I don't know, I I hope the media change the way they they do report things um, around the regions and yeah, let's be positive and hope that it will change, as you say, as people want to learn more about food and the environment and those sort of things, hopefully that sort of stuff will start feeding through to the cities, through to the media through the That's
0: media. right. I hope that people become more critical of the media, and I mean that in an inquiring sense, and have an appetite to want to know more about more positive things rather than just that, you know, sort of fairly typical negative news value. But as you say, when politicians are advocating for the regions and community leaders, and I mean, during your career as a politician, you were reflecting on that time, was it hard to cut through and hard to represent those issues for the regions?
1: That's a really good question. and it probably depended on the issue at the time and mm. the, and the circumstance so it- when when I was in opposition for a period of time, this would be about 10 years ago, and the then Labor government wanted to make some changes to independent youth allowance, which was really going to disadvantage a whole lot of our regional students. Mm. So I sort of waged a, a big campaign against the, the then government um, to, to, to stop these changes. And it took a long time, and it took a lot of work, and it was David and Goliath. But in the end, they did. They actually changed it. Mm. So you can have circumstances like that, which is, you know, it's quite unusual to get a government to change something when you're in opposition. So I was very appreciative that they did, but it was a really difficult, hard thing to do. Um, other circumstances are when you're in government and you're a minister and you can make a decision, you can, you can get things to happen reasonably, I wouldn't say easily, but but, that, but it's much easier to happen, it's much easier to change things and have change happen when you've got your hands on the levers and, and you can do the changing. So it very much just depends on when I look back what the thing was at the time and at what point we were in, you know, in the cycle of government or not, and those sorts of things.
0: And I suppose it's really heartening to hear that too because it makes you feel as though, uh, particularly in the apparatus of our political system, that genuine change is possible. Oh, absolutely. And
1: there's a lot more cooperative work that goes on... um, in Parliament that that people never see particularly around the Senate committees which are all cross parties and and when I was in there, you know you'd be working with people from from all of the other parties and cross benches and often you'd be in furious agreement about something and we'd have Mm -hmm. these reports that would come out and everybody would sign up to which would be terrific you do a whole lot of work with other other you know people from other parties to to get things to happen i remember when i had responsibility for indigenous health and i'd, I'd not long come into the role and the previous labor minister had done an indigenous health plan and everybody expected me just expected me just to junk it and start again because it was an opposition plan and i oh, sorry, it was the then opposition plan but they had done in government as a labor government and i said no this is actually really good and the sector's really happy with it they worked really closely on it this is really good we then had so I kept it, we mm. then had to do an implementation plan, which um, the Labour Shadow Minister worked really closely with me on the Greens uh, spokesperson for Indigenous Health worked really closely with me on and we ended up jointly launching this implementation plan for Indigenous health because what we wanted was to have a 10-year plan that if there was a change in government during that time it wasn't going to affect the ability for the sector to roll it out and I was really proud of that because it worked and people don't hear about that sort of stuff that there is this collaboration that goes on quite often across parties in parliament to make things happen.
0: I think it's something that's interesting in all workplaces is that level of collaboration how much of an improved result that you get. I imagine in politics there's a, a natural reluctance to collaborate, as you said, because it might be an opposition's idea or policy or plan. Um, but to be able to cut through that and see the the benefit and the substance in that plan and to be able to use it and implement makes it so much more powerful.
1: Yeah, it does, Jess. And I, the thing for me was always putting, putting the people first mm. that needed me to go in there and bat for them. So I think the minute you get too caught up in politics, on uh, self-absorption, and you know yourself as an individual in that environment, you, you don't do the best you can. And mm. if you've always got what what is it that the people out there need and i always used to put the wash over things you know is it good for regional communities or is it not which it sounds pretty simple but at the end of the day it was a really good barometer for me to think well is this something i should be supporting or is this something i should not be supporting or mm. something indeed i should
0: be working like crazy
1: to try and make sure we deliver mm. it's
0: that, that it's that service value that's so important i think in politics and it's interesting because you're doing in a way a similar role at Charles Sturt which also has a really strong value around serving the community, serving our students and making sure we make the world, you know, whether that's our regional world or a broader world a better place. So I mean can you tell me about some of the things you're excited about working with CSU on and some of our regional partnerships that are going on at the moment or plans for the future?
1: Absolutely so much of it and I was very, very, very lucky I think to come to this job after my, my previous world. Because there's such a similarity. As you say, you've put it really well in terms of that serving the community. So I'm still working with all of the, the mayors, the councils, the businesses, the regional organizations that I did in my past world that I really enjoyed. Mm. It's just a slightly different approach now because it's about the involvement of the the university in those campus communities, how we work more closely with them, how we do more for them, how we're more open as a university to those communities to be part of us and that's really exciting and even one example is... um, we're doing some, some partnership work with the Regional Development uh, Organization in Association in Orange, the RDA in Orange, mm. and they put forward this great idea for a project called uh, Farm to Institution, modeled on some work they're doing in the United States. And in a nutshell, it's effectively how do we get our institutions in regional communities to procure more produce locally? rather than buying it in for, from external places, which mm-hmm. is great theory. So we're doing all the... As a university, we're doing all of the research work for them so they can get really good data and evidence around what's currently happening and what opportunities are, what needs to be done. And we'll also be having a look at ourselves as an institution. Where can we do better? What can we do better to procure locally and those types of things? So even those sorts of projects out on the ground are, are terrific. And as as a university, we, you know, we really want to be part of these communities. And, and Andy, the you know, Vice-Chancellor, is so good because he continually says, as a university, regional university particularly, we have a real responsibility to contribute and invest to grow stronger regions. Uh, and that's really what a lot of my job is is how we can how we can do that better. So
0: it's really exciting. I think particularly Australia in the regions is quite aware of how education and the research that we do here and at other regional institutions is incredibly important and economically viable for the community but to be able to do more and be able to put a framework around what we're doing and have other institutions or other organisations be modelled off that I think is something that could potentially be happening in the future as a result of the work that we do here.
1: Absolutely. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, we're all trailblazers for that sort of thing. And the the economic contribution as a university that we make to our communities is massive. It's really huge. As I was saying to somebody the other day, if you took Sydney Uni out of Sydney, mm. you know, you, you pro- the, the economy of Sydney probably wouldn't really notice. If you took Charles Sturt University out of our six university campus communities, gosh, you'd notice it would would be devastating for those communities. So that's how important the economic contribution is that we make and we've also, and I'm really proud of the fact that I think we've got the highest level of first in family students. Mm. So those students coming to, to tertiary education for the first time, we do a fantastic job at having so many of our graduates go back out to the regions and practice their profession and that's so important for the regions where we've got workforce shortages where they can't get enough professionals as a university we're turning these graduates out for them that are going to the regions and that's really exciting too.
0: Well Fiona tell me what do what the next 5 to 10 years look like for, for your work here and your experience in the regions and what's that going to be do you think? Ah,
1: oh, The crystal ball question, we'll come <laughs> back in 10 <laughs> years time and see if I got it
0: right <laughs> I plan to still be here on my Hazel not farm. What
1: are you actually well, doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I'm still at Charles Sturt University if they're planning on keeping me. That'd be fantastic.
0: <laughs>
1: I suppose. That, well, that's number one. I'm certainly planning on being here for for a long time. It was interesting, Jess, when I first took up the role. I think people were expecting me to suddenly disappear back to politics. But uh, I I love this role with the university. I love being part of the university, and so my crystal ball first thing is hopefully I'll be here for a very long time mm-hmm. and um, I'm now based out at the Dubbo campus which is terrific being out in the regions and working from, from out here from this campus and this community is, is really wonderful. I hope my crystal ball Jess is I hope I can look back in a few years time and say as part of a great team at the university oh. we did even better. At being a regional university engaged in our local communities and delivering for those communities and delivering even more for the students that want to come and be part of our university family. So that's kind of my my crystal ball gazing of where I'd like to get to, and I'll certainly be working as hard as I can to do everything to try and make that happen.
0: Oh, fantastic, Fiona, and it's wonderful to have you as part of the CSU community. Thank you so much for your time talking with us this morning. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jess. It's been really great. Thanks for listening and we look forward to sharing all of our CSU stories with you. For more information on CSU stories, go to news.csu.edu.au.